Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm going to be talking today what has been coming up over the past few weeks about uh, people talking about wanting more from their relationships, from those whom they live with. So we're going to dive into that in a moment. Um, First, I want to acknowledge listeners in Minnesota, in the United Arab Emirates, and in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. So people looking to, uh, you know, wanting more from those they live with in relationships. So this theme that has come up with my clients and just in talking with people in general of people being frustrated with, uh, you know, wanting more from spouses, partners, children kind of thing, I thought would make a good podcast to talk about, you know, how we do that with the remaining weeks we have left um, at the end of this year of, you know, taking perspective um, about maybe what has gone right in your relationships, kind of where you're at in these relationships, taking inventory yourself first to think about, you know, what it is you want. And that's the first step is thinking about, you know, what it is that you are looking for from your partner from your spouse, from a certain child or all of your children, whether it's picking up chores or your partner to listen to you or spend time with you or resolve conflict or, you know, get a little bit more on the same page kind of thing, to think about what it is you're frustrated with. So, you know, we can always, you know, and we usually do as human beings with our egos, is jump to blame of what's going on with another person and how they're not helping us, how they're not um, supporting us in our endeavors and, you know, the work that we're doing, the friendships that we have, whatever it is, we can look to complain. And there can become an addictive quality to that because when we complain about other people and what they're not providing for us, we often take the focus off ourselves. We don't have to look at ourselves and how we might play a role in that chaos. So that first step of just thinking about what it is that you are seeking in your relationship with another person. So if there's a few, just pick one for this exercise. So, you know, if it's your partner, let's say, think about what it is over the course of this year that has gone well. Always start with a positive. And then think about where you would like to deepen your relationship, assuming that this is a partnership that you you do want to deepen and that it's capable of being deepened and you might not, you know, think that there's potential. But this is where the work comes in on your end to be able to think about and reflect what you want so that you can clearly and succinctly ask for it. This is all the same step. Reflecting on what it is you want out of this relationship that you're looking to deepen and then being able to be specific in the asking for that thing. So if it's your partner, your spouse, you know, stopping and saying, 
I really want more connection. It's been a lonely year in a lot of different ways for a lot of people. Maybe you're looking to deepen the relationship you have with your partner going past, you know, being in the same space a lot of the time and just seeing each other in the same house, two ships in the night, you know, maybe eating together as a family, but you're looking to deepen the relationship of being able to talk about next steps going into 2021 and what that looks like for the both of you and, you know, how you want to grow together as a couple versus where you are now. So thinking about specifically what it is that you want out of the relationship so that you can ask for it. Because if we're not clear in the asking and we focus on the complaining, we, it becomes a habit, you know, and, and to repeat, we can get addicted to that almost of they're not doing what I need them to do. So why bother? It, our, it allows our egos to have a sense of power in the complaining, in the what are they doing to not contribute to the relationship. They don't, you know, clean up. They don't help me out. They don't do the laundry. They don't do this. They don't do that. And we can get into the gossiping of it, complaining about these people to other people in our lives. So if that speaks to you, watch that addictive piece of the ego. You know, the gremlins love that. They love that addiction piece. They feed on it. This is how they grow bigger. This is how these thoughts magnify in our mind and how they often try to get us to a place where we think that the relationship is, you know, irreparable and where we, you know, we, we, we can't do anything about it and that it's not worth saving. So watch that part. If it speaks to you, try to get past it. You know, certain venting is healthy for sure. But if we stay stuck on that plane, that's where you're going to be stuck on that plane. And you're going to be focused on everything that's going wrong in the relationship and not looking at yourself in order to make the changes that you're seeking. And that leads us to step two, and uh, we'll be back in a minute with sponsorship and get to that strategy. The law office of Stephen J. Delamere and Stoughton has been practicing law since 1992 and understands that every client has different needs. They handle matters involving personal injury, real estate closings, real estate planning, litigation. For more information, contact Steve, who happens to be a great guy, at 781 344-0012 for a free consultation. That's the law office of Stephen J. Delamere at 781-344-0012 for a free consultation. Northern Pines Landscaping Design. In addition to cutting and maintaining your lawn, Northern Pines Landscaping plants colorful seasonal garden beds, trees and shrubs, installs sod, plants grass, designs walkways, fire pits, patios, and retaining walls. You name it, they can do it for your yard. And if you've seen my Instagram posts and the patio I sit on every single day when the weather is good, you can see the work of Northern Pines Landscaping right on those posts. To contact them, check out their website at www.northernpineslandscaping.com. That's www.northernpineslandscaping.com. Okay, so the second step after you realize what you want in a relationship, I want my partner to help me out. I want them to clean up after themselves. You know, maybe it's that simple. Maybe it's to deepen the relationship and grow so that you're both doing spiritual work together. Maybe it's that deep. Maybe it's on the opposite side of the spectrum. It doesn't matter. 
whatever that wanting is for you, you have to be clear in the asking so that you can go and say specifically, here is what I am looking for in this relationship. Here is what I would like you to do for me so that we can enjoy not having growing resentment to each other if one person isn't providing for the other. Um, so that we can, you know, enjoy time on the couch watching TV at night if we know each person is having their needs met or being mindful of what someone might want to talk about or, you know, might want to share about their day, whatever it is, being clear in the asking, because the second step is to do your part. What does that look like? Doing your part in deepening a relationship, all the work is on you. Don't expect your partner to provide anything for you, really, that you're not willing to do on behalf of of the union, of the relationship. So, if you're asking someone to clean up and it drives you absolutely crazy that they don't, part of the work involved is to do the thing that you are asking them to do without complaining so that the payoff becomes something you're providing for yourself. So stay with me. If you're asking somebody to help you clean up, understand that that person on the other end of the relationship may not be not cleaning up to aggravate you. They might just not be prioritizing it the same way that, you know, you are. So if you're somebody who wants clean you know, a clean sink, or you want somebody to understand where you're coming from, or you want them to understand the page that you're on, you want them to ask you about your day, you need to give to yourself the thing that you are seeking so that you can then appreciate the fact that your partner may not be providing those things because they're just in a different space and having a different perspective than you are. When you provide yourself with what it is that you're looking, Mahatma Gandhi's Be the Change That You Seek, you then feel a sense of freedom and personal power in being independent of needing another person to give you what you're looking for. And when you can get to that place, and it's a jump ahead, but once you, you put these things in, in steps and in action, you'll see what I mean. There's a freedom to appreciate the other person for what they do bring to the relationship. Maybe they fold the laundry and you're asking for the dishes in the sink to be clean and that doesn't bother them. Maybe they, you know, sitting on the couch with you watching mindless television is their way of showing up to the relationship and spending time because that's their language of love even though you'd rather talk about it and emote, and that's not something that they, you know, are naturally comfortable in doing. So giving to yourself what you need brings this incredible sense of freedom and power in the, in, in the higher self of not needing somebody else to give you what you're asking for so that you are free to enjoy that other person exactly the way they are. So I repeated myself there. It's freeing yourself to do the things that you need to do in the relationship to feel better 
about the things that are driving you crazy so that you can see your partner for who they are and what they bring to the table. So, you know, you want connection and you're not feeling that connection. Have connection with yourself. Grab your journal. Write down the things that are driving you crazy. Make a list of all the things you want to accomplish. Get in touch with yourself and your and your you know wants and needs for the day of what is important to you of work and play and rest and how you're going to make that happen and take the focus off another person having to provide that for you in the first place. If you want your children to clean their rooms and it's driving you crazy that they don't and you've asked them countless times to do this, you go and clean up the rooms yourself. And I know some of you are thinking, but that's the whole point. We're asking them to respect us by, you know, having them contribute to the household. A funny thing happens when you start to do things yourself. You do less nagging. You get the things done that you need to get done without complaining or begging or the whole desperate thing when, when someone doesn't do what you want them to do. And eventually, they start to do things without being asked. Don't take my word for it. Try this science experiment at home. If you're asking for your kids to clean up and do things over and over and over again, and they don't do them, I've done this myself, as soon as you stop asking and nagging and you just go, forget it, I'm just going to pick it up myself and do what I need to get done because I like a clean house and I want it neat that way, there is a freedom that comes from getting the job done quietly, gracefully, and then in the doing, you suddenly think about all the things that your kids are dealing with, all the things that they have to do in the course of a week in terms of things we often forget sometimes, peer pressure, which is nothing like, I mean, you know, peer pressure is peer pressure, but with social media compounded on it in your face all the time, it's a whole different ballgame. So maybe there's stress there, and then there's studying, and then there's Zoom calls, and then there's the hybrid whole thing, and then there's in school, out of school, you know, days in, days off, you know, what their friends are doing. It's a whole level of stress that we don't think about because it's not our stress per se. So in the cleaning up and providing ourselves what we need, we start to think about maybe what our kids are dealing with and why they're not thinking about taking their clothes off the floor because there might be a certain freedom for, for, for them in dropping clothes on the floor and just having that be okay because it's the one thing they can control in the world. So doing your part in a relationship for step two is providing for yourself what you need without hyper-focusing on what the other person is not doing for you, which then creates a space for them to willingly go and do what you're asking them to do. Because if you step back and think about soul contracts, sometimes kids are being belligerent and oppositional and quote-unquote disrespectful, and partners aren't providing to us emotionally or being emotionally available or doing the things that we're asking them to do because the soul contract, subconsciously, is for them to behave the way they're behaving so that we get to the point where we Provide what we need to ourselves. If you want someone who's emotionally available, be emotionally available to yourself. Pay attention to how you feel. Get your journal. Write things down. Talk to yourself out loud when you're driving. Talk to yourself in the house. 
be there for yourself. If someone isn't asking us about our day, ask yourself about your day. Get your journal again. Call a friend who, who likes to talk about those things. Pay attention to how you can get your own needs met without over-relying on somebody else, which becomes almost like a crutch, you know, that we're expecting somebody to provide for us. This isn't about, you know, your first thought might be, well, it it alienates us from people because we just, if we do everything ourselves, we won't need anybody else to provide their part of the relationship. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about strengthening your part of the circle. And when I say circle, um, when I'm working with people in person now over the phone, um, there's there's circles that I draw, and I believe I got this from Stephen Covey's Highly Successful Habits. If you have a piece of paper, draw two circles that overlap in a Venn diagram fashion. So the left side of the circle, you know, use the initial, if it's me, I'd write Jill. And then on the right side, it would be, you know, my husband's initial. And then the middle, it would be both of our initials together. So strengthening your part of the circle means that you have your part of you that is the things that you like and what you like to do, what's important to you, and your focus is to make your part of the circle as strong as possible. And then the right side of the circle is your partner's side of the circle. So they need to have things. So maybe they go play basketball. Maybe they um, you know, like a certain show that they watch. Maybe they go out with friends. Maybe they go for bike rides, whatever that is. But it's independent of you. It's how they strengthen their circle and what's important to them. So it could be work. It could be things they do, you know, on, on their own time, their interests, their hobbies. But it's something that exists other than you. And then in the middle, where the circles overlap, you have the connection. What brings you both together? What makes it a relationship? What do you have in common? And making sure that by strengthening each of your parts of the circle, the middle part is strong by default. If you have these two circles on top of each other, that's where we become codependent. There's no, you, you, you don't exist independently without the other person. And if you have the two circles completely separate from each other, then that's independence. When you have them intersecting in the middle, that's interdependence. And that's the goal of any healthy relationship is to be interdependent. It means you have your part of the circle that's strong, and then the two of you have, again, by default, where the both of you are strong. Being independent means you live totally separate lives with no connection, with no um, you know, interests and, and, and union and, um, and don't foster you know, that, that relationship. So strengthening your part of the circle means doing your part so that the relationship can strengthen, not by the other person giving to us what we're asking for, but by the person willingly and wanting to kind of meet us, you know, as, as a part of us doing our work to also strengthen the relationship. Doing our part to strengthen the relationship is, is the work that we need to do. And you can do that over these next few weeks if there's something that you are, you know, looking to improve in your relationship. Focus on it now. Grab a list, grab a piece of paper rather, and make a list of the things that you want. Make a, you know, a specific list of the one thing that you're going to focus on so that you can ask for from your partner. And then let them know in that step two what you're going to be doing in the process. You're going to ask them 
for what you need, and you're going to say, here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm going to do to strengthen this relationship because it means a lot to me, and so I'm going to focus on doing my part. And then in the third step, you're going to celebrate those little victories that happen as a result of doing the work. And sometimes the victory is just what I described a few moments ago about picking up your kids' rooms or your partner's stuff, you know, off the floor or um, cleaning the dishes in the sink if they don't do that for you after you've, you know, been working in your den all day long, 12-hour a day, and you come out to a messy sink. Sometimes the victory is just in the mindful act of doing the work that you want to get done, work meaning the tasks in the house that you're, you know, asking for help on, let's say, and doing it quietly, just with class, with grace, with just like, you know, I'm grateful that I have these people that I live with to share space with. Space with, I'm grateful that I'm doing this with maturity, whereas before I would have flipped out and yelled at everybody, and they're just, you know, in there watching Elf, and they're just happy and just kind of doing their thing. So those sometimes can be the little victories. Sometimes it's space and just being able to see a higher perspective of recognizing what the other person does bring to the relationship versus what they don't. So stop and recognize the things that are happening that are good, that are not necessarily small at all, but really, really important, and why we chose to have a relationship with them in the first place. Getting back to reminding us of why we chose to have a relationship with them in the first place. Okay, questions that have come up in session. Um, themes and questions. So, first one, um, I- I've heard this quite a bit. This year has been really hard to find the good. Um, and so, you know, how do we hyper-focus on what's going right versus what has gone wrong and, uh, you know, all the things that we might be feeling? There's always good. One of the steps in my Trust Your Intuition book is about finding the good. There's always good. There's a lot that's gone wrong. There's a lot that's been challenging for everybody in in so many different fashions this year. But there is always good. And so if you're having a hard time finding the good right now, then I encourage you to train your brain to go in that direction you want it to go. And a step to take to, to get there would be to make a list of all the strengths that you have felt this year. The things, little things, big things, you know, things that just, you know, maybe just being upset one day and a certain person calls you out of the blue and just made you laugh and and reminisced about things and got you out of that mood. Or you watched a movie and it made you feel good about the day and it just salvaged the day. And now you know you have a new coping skill that you can turn on, you know, a certain comedy whenever you start to feel down and it just, you know, kind of writes you in that way. Find those strengths. Make a list of those strengths. I would say 25, 25 strengths, good things that have happened. And you can go to that list whenever you're having a moment so that your brain starts to focus on what's right versus what's wrong. But then also make a list of three challenges. So you always want to have the strengths outweigh the challenges. And if you have a hard time writing down 25, then just do five, do two more than the challenges, but only write three challenges. So that you focus on those three things that have been particularly and specifically hard for you so that you can then think about how you might be able to change them if you feel compelled um, and maybe do something about it. And if you can't, then you'll have your list of strengths to focus on so that your brain moves in the direction uh, that you want it to go. 
Another question I got was, you know, what if things don't work out in your relationships? And, you know, how do you deal with that? If you're going separate ways from your partner, your spouse, your friends, your colleagues, your, your um, neighbors, you know, you know, you have to, if anything, if anything this year has taught us, it's about doing what brings us joy, doing what you have to do to be happy. That doesn't mean being rude or unkind to somebody else. Um, I want to be clear on that. But it is about doing things that make you happy, about finding the joy within yourself, creating a schedule that makes you happy, creating relationships that make you happy, doing work that makes you happy, thinking thoughts that make you happy, not in an airy-fairy way, but in a grounded, peaceful, powerful way. If that's your focus, then you don't need to explain yourself to anybody else. If something's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. And if something's meant to work out, then that person will, will meet you where you are, maybe catch up, maybe, you know, regroup and, and you know, rethink their own plan and, and their own agenda. But your job is to focus on what brings you joy, what makes you happy, and then pursue that peacefully and powerfully. Thanks for listening. If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com, where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.